Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. I found my way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just want to feel alive with you. We've had a million, million nights just like this. Let's get down, let's get down business. Yes, let's get down to business. Well, we haven't had a million nights quite like this. And quite honestly, I I don't want to really have another million nights quite like this. It's been absolutely uh, bucketing down. I was going to swear there. Pouring in Sydney. What a miserable, miserable old day. Uh, But, you know, we have had quite a few nights like this uh, right across the season uh, with higher ground through the rugby league season and uh, continuing on into the postseason as well. But we are talking all sports on this uh, wet and wild uh, night in Sydney. And you might also be tuning in up there on the Gold Coast as well. I hope the weather is a bit better for you in those parts of the world. But uh, it's as bad as it gets. It's quite, honestly, it's as bad as it gets uh, here in Sydney. Not too far out from the start of summer, would you believe? And not too far out from the start of the Ashes series either. Less than two weeks, in fact. So December 8, the Gabba, that's when it all, uh, it all kicks off. Tim Payne's birthday. And he won't be there. And you know what? He may not even be... He may not even be watching on TV. Uh, it's been a huge day in cricket... Uh, headlines. Uh, it started out with uh, Tim Payne announcing that, uh, well, he is walking away from uh, all forms of cricket to clear his head, taking uh, what they call a mental health break. Um, and we've got to give him some space. You've got a feel for Tim Payne, haven't you? Um, you might have your thoughts on that. This could have been handled a whole lot better, in my opinion. It could have been handled a whole lot dif- uh, differently. And you get the feeling that he, he wasn't given much support at all by the governing body, Cricket Australia. And it has come out of this not looking too good either, in my opinion. Tim Payne, for something it did, an act of stupidity four years ago, whenever it was, nothing to see here. They said back then the code of conduct was not breached. Play on. But then it becomes apparent that it's going to come out and uh, the whole world will, will know about it. And so the current administration, they say, well, you know, we're, uh, we would have booted him back then had we have known this, 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 and this. It wasn't under our watch. Well, now you've got your captain who did a bloody good job for a couple of years, didn't he? In trying circumstances, too, off the back of Sandpaper Gate, he was thrown into the furnace himself. But he was probably, well, maybe the only man for the job. And he did a good job, too. And Cricket Australia, they have discarded him. They've turned their back on Tim Payne. And now Tim Payne has turned his back on cricket. I wish Tim and his family well. And we've got to give them the privacy and the respect they deserve. And I hope it's not the last that we have seen of Tim Payne. So who comes in now behind the stumps for the first test against England? Alex Carey? Or Josh Inglis? It looks like it's a two-horse race. We'll hear from Ian Healy later on in the show. He's spoken today. He's got his thoughts. And there appears to be a bit of a late push for Inglis to be the man. Also today, Pat Cummins has been endorsed and appointed as the new captain of the Australian men's test cricket team. Well done, Paddy. 
Um, you can't say anything about Pat that isn't good. I just hope, I just hope that this appointment doesn't detract from the bowler that we have grown to love. The bowler that had real health problems, didn't he, in terms of um, problems with his body, and it took years to get over. But now we're seeing the best of Pat Cummins. I hope this appointment doesn't just take some of the gloss off his ability with the ball. It probably won't, but time will tell. But I think there's probably a good reason. We haven't had a pace bowler as our captain for many, many decades. Steve Smith has been appointed vice-captain. And to some, like Shane Warne, they're shaking their heads. They can't believe it. Well, I don't really agree with what Warney had to, to say in the paper today. You'll read a big article in The Telegraph. And he's basically saying, how on earth can Steve Smith be considered for a leadership role given what went down in Cape Town so long ago? But we've always known, haven't we, that Steve Smith, once he served his 12-month ban, after another 12 months, we all knew he would be eligible to be appointed to a captaincy or vice-captaincy role. So that's nothing new, is it? So I don't know why Warney is coming out now saying it will make a mockery of Cricket Australia and what happened to Davey Warner. Warney saying Davey Warner was thrown under the bus. Why can't Davey Warner be eligible for a leadership role? But they were the decisions made a long, long time ago that Warner and Smith were to serve a 12-month ban each. Warner never to be installed in a leadership role. And Steve Smith, yes, you can come back to a leadership role after you've served a 12-month ban and a further 12 months out of the captaincy role. So I'm not quite sure where Warney's coming from with all this because we've known that Steve Smith was eligible to come back in. You might have your thoughts on all of that. I wish Pat Cummins well. Um, I just don't know. I, I still don't know if it's the right move. Anyway, what would I know? We'll, we'll hear from people a lot more versed um, in cricket than me right throughout the show. Rugby League, why, and you might have your thoughts on all of this too. Uh, the text line 0457 736 736. 0457 736 736 or 8833 if you are in New Zealand listening through SENZ. 8833. If you want to pick up the phone, we're here until 10 o'clock tonight. 1300 01 1170 is the open line number. Felice Cafusi, he is the, the marquee signing, or at least the first signing for the new franchise, the Dolphins. Uh, we'll hear from Wayne Bennett a bit later on too. Uh, will other people now follow, i.e., will Brandon Smith follow Felice Cafusi? He's Melbourne Storm teammate up there to Redcliffe. Um, he's been whining and dining. Well, not so much whining, but I think he had dinner at Trent Robinson's. Uh, uh, place this week. He's in Bondi at the moment. He's been playing golf with a few of the uh, the Roosters players. Um, so they are desperate to get him, I believe. The Roosters, they don't often miss out too on a man they want. Will Smith go to the Roosters? Will Smith go to the Dolphins? Loads more to talk about across the world of sport. The Matildas are in action tomorrow night. I hope the weather uh, finds up a bit. They are expecting a very good crowd at the newly named Accor Stadium tomorrow night for that one. And we're going to talk to, um, well, the coach of the Young Matildas and SEN commentator as well, Leah Blaney, a bit later on as well to, uh, to preview that match tomorrow. So loads to look forward to. We might also talk a bit of racing too. Um, 
and also throw it out there. Um, Glenn Boss, I see, has announced his retirement. He'll ride his last race tomorrow. And what a wonderful partnership Glenn Boss had, hey? Mackay Diva, three Melbourne Cups back to back to back. Boss and Mackay Diva. I mean, what a partnership. What other great partnerships are there in sport? There you go. How about that for a topic? Great partnerships in the world of sport. Hey, let me know. Langer Hayden, there's another great partnership. Sterling Kenny, huh? You let me know. Some great partnerships in the world of sport. So get involved. 0457 736 736 is the text line, and there's space on the open line right now. 1300 01 1170. Chris Warren with you on higher ground. It's coming up to uh, quarter past seven, almost, a couple of minutes away uh, from that. Uh, higher ground. Yeah, it's a bloody wet higher ground tonight too. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope you've had a lovely uh, Friday. Um, caps off the working week for most. For us that work in media and more specifically in sport, it's uh, it's not really the same thing though, is it? I mean, most, a lot of people these days and nine to fivers out there and, and even you uh, boys and girls on the tools, your tradies and that. I suppose most of you these days, you're working weekends as well. But we certainly, uh, we work most weekends and I tell you what, it it can throw a bit of a, a wet blanket on the on the social um, life that one can lead um, working in the sports media and being tied up each and every weekend. And I sort of, I, I know for one... People say, would you like to go and have a coffee or a drink? Or I can't do it. What about Saturday? Can't do it. Sunday? Uh, working, sorry. Uh, all right, Friday night, Chris, do you want to meet up? Particularly a single bloke, you know, mad rush. And like, oh. do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like if it, it can really impact your, your social life. Do we need to get the violin out, Chris? Well, if I, was a, if I was panelling, I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably hit the violin. Uh, the violin, beautiful music. Paddy, uh, Paddy the Irishman. So the Irishman, we've got a new panel up in, in town too. So Mad Russian, right? He went, as you probably know, if you if you listen to my, well, not my, it is my show, isn't it? Yeah, it's well, your Friday show. night, Higher Ground. We, what? Oh, it's Friday night now. When was it? Wednesday night. We were reflecting. Mad Russian went missing, went AWOL for a few days last weekend. Oh, hello. There's that. There's <laughs> that text line going on already uh, as we speak, actually. Um, and he went missing for a few days. So he normally is in here holding my hand. Well, not literally, but, you know, he's on the panel up and producing. And he left me on my, uh, my Pat Malone uh, for the weekend, basically. Uh, who was Pat Malone, by the way? Does anyone know who Pat Malone is? You should know who Pat Malone is. I think he might have been an Irishman too. We'll talk to the Irishman in a moment. But basically, the mad Russian took off holding hands with dear Soph. Uh, they went down um, down south and apparently spent a fair bit of time on 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 the sofa, you know, watching romantic rom-coms and all that sort of stuff. A real, you know, romantic weekend away. Anyway, he's come back, but now he's telling me he's um, he's going off again. He's taking off ne- next week. You're Boy, gone again. Boys trip this time, Chris. Good. That, going, I mean, yeah. that does a bit more for your reputation because a lot of our <laughs> listeners, you know, the the macho ones out there like Tooley and Reptile and that, I've pumped you up as the mad Russian and you really, you, bit know, of a you went a bit softy at no, the weekend. No. No, so we're firing up this week, Chris. 
Good. Whole week off. Where are Ready to go. What, what do you mean? Uh, back the down fellas. Back down south, playing golf at Jerringon on Monday morning. Oh, but this And st- then we're oh, settling in. What? Hang on. So you've, t- you've gone down south with, with girlfriend last weekend. Scouted out the golf put some, course. You put some, no, you put some pennies in the emotional um, bank account, the emotional trust account. That's what it's called. You put some pennies mm-hmm. in there. You've seen a few things down there while you were with your girlfriend, which sort of um, wet the appetite, piqued your interest, so to speak. And now you're going back to scene of last weekend, but minus Sophie. This time you're taking Correct. the fellas with you. Well, brewery and berry to explore. Yep. A couple of yep. me, know, bigger wineries. Me smells and, a rat. Yes, exactly. So um, they were, you know. You were thinking last a, weekend. So you, while you were holding hands, you were thinking, geez, you know what? That pub there, <laughs> that bar there, me and Billy and Dave, we, Chris, could, hold, would be very we could hold that bar up for a, for a few hours. And, oh. What about that golf course down there? Mm. Jeez, I tell you what, hey, that'd be a nice walk without Sophie. And then, so I've got, I'm back. <laughs> that'd be nice in a golf cart. Um, the Friday Sorry? and then the, in what, a golf cart. What, you and Sophie? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Where are no, we no, going no. with this? All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So a bit of a, a what's the Reconnaissance? A, re, a reconnaissance oh. mission. And we're ready, settled in for five days of fun. Over, five, the, over you, the week. My God. Do you know what? When I went on, and this, I don't know why we're going down. We, 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 this is, okay, this is high ground. We, yeah. We're unscripted and we don't have a running order generally. It depends if he's away or not. I'll come up with a running order, but we go down all sorts of paths and we're going to talk to the Irishman shortly too because the Irishman is going to be filling in for the mad Russian. Mm-hmm. Irish play, replaces Russia um, if you can follow that sort of drift. So you're going down there, but I was saying I've been on a few rugby league tours, post-season, boys trips, Bali, Hawaii, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You do not need five days, my friend. I'm just giving you a <laughs> bit of advice from an old fella. You you won't you won't be able to fire on all cylinders for five days. Oh, we'll see what we can do. When I'm here, I reckon. You just got to pace, three, pacing yourself. Day three, you're ready to come home. Pacing if you want to go yourself. hard. You, you want to go hard or go hard home. out, nice and relaxed through the middle, and then and come home. Fire strong. home. That's right. Pull out the sweater and the last furlong, That's right. or something. Well, I wish you well. Thank you I very can't, much. See, so when do you when are you back? I'm back. So Monday week. Monday week. So that how many days cool. will you have back acclimatizing before I see you? I I might not see you, Chris, because I think oh, the last geez. program of this show is is oh. Friday next week. Am I wrong? And then you'll be moving to mornings. I'll be moving to that. Um, I'll be moving to breakfast. Jeez, play that. We got that sad music. I mean, that is violin music. Now you've, you've you have just you've thrown this show on its on its ass. Like no, no. on <laughs> it its wasn't head. my decision. Well, you could have given me a bit of warning. All right, turn so, that down, Irishman. So, so no, no, no stuff. You, you're going. Okay. You're, you're going. Um, welcome to higher ground. Um, to Paddy Mulhern, ladies and gentlemen, and he is now known as the Irishman. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Mate, no, thank you for coming along because without him, I'd yeah. be stuffed. Well, I had Alex and Sophie in my best partnerships, but he's crossed it out. Mm. So what's that about? Okay. Now, you and I, we hardly know each other. From no. Adam, I'm Chris. Pat. Nice to meet you. Irish. Good. Yeah, so I got the running sheet here. Well, Mulhern, that's obviously. Mulhern, yeah. yeah, you got Irish her- heritage, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, way, way back. Tipperary? Don't worry. I'm clean. Dunkirk? Somewhere south. Definitely not north. Ah, Kerry. Ring of Kerry. Mm, Kalani. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Blarney. Yeah, mm, yeah. Down that way. 
Yeah, I would just think it's not North because I'm not a no. um, not no, a controversial figure. You don't want to be up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No disrespect to the Nor- Northern Irish, but no, nah, you're better no. off down south. No, no, no. I don't believe kissing in the Blarney Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum. So when did do we that get to? My, my mum kissed the Blarney Stone. Oh yeah. Yeah, and she can talk for him. She yeah. was actually her family from way back when from um, Tipperary. It's a long way. Long, long way, way I've heard. It I've is heard. a long way there. Yeah. Long Mate, way welcome to, to the show. Like, Thanks for having me. You've only, this is your well, first real shift. You've Literally, been... they just pulled me off the bus and threw me in here. Well, Ivan's bus. Ivan no. Cleary's bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. okay, well, let's get to know you because yeah. our listeners haven't got a clue who you are, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, no, look, see, Broxy just walking and zooming past the studio, gave, yeah. me the, gave me the salute like he was 100 out from home. Yeah. He was in a hurry, Brooksy, wasn't he? Yeah, there must be a pub around here. Oh, weekend starts yeah. for Brooksy. What is it? 20 past seven. You're listening to Higher Ground. Chris Warren with you, uh, with the Irishman. Um, and no, look, see, Brooksy, he's, less, he's left the office. He, yeah. Pub's open this time of week? Of course they are. What are you talking about? <laughs> but see, Brooksy, he's in the fast lane, right? Yeah. He, you saw the way he was heading to the elevator there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's got a good social life. Yeah, must he's be out nice. there. He's out. Well, last weekend he was yeah. at all the eastern suburbs pubs. He's a bit of a snob. Yeah. You know? The Must pop, be nice. Posh end of town. Yeah. I'm just a working class fellow from Darlinghurst. Salt to the earth. Salt to the There are quite a few working class fellas yeah, yeah. and ladies from Darlinghurst or that part of the world <laughs> yeah. over the years. Uh, yeah. I mean, but great to have you. No, Brooksy, he, he's, he burns it too, burns the candle. Um, and I don't know if he's in a relationship these days or not, but he, he, I don't think he is. I, I don't think he is because he's, he's really – Going to be getting amongst it. We've got loads to to get through as well. All right, those great partnerships that we've spoken about, um, listeners, send us through your texts. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Some great um, sporting partnerships over the years. Newcomb Roach. There's another one. Pat um, and Chris Warren. Well, we're we're the making. Yeah, we yeah. are the making of a great. Shame it's not next week to the list because. Mm-hmm. Well, this time next week, we'd be number one, wouldn't we? I reckon we might rise up after the <laughs> chart. Listen, we're going to talk some serious stuff as well. Obviously, we'll be talking about Pat Cummins uh, being named the new captain. We'll be talking about Tim Payne as well and a whole lot of rugby league to discuss. Get involved. Get off your Payne Haas and uh, pick up the Al Capone and give us an SG ball. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 I know Shane Warne has got some pretty strong thoughts about Steve Smith and um, his eligibility to be in a leadership role. Warney doesn't think it's right. Why can't Warner? Why did Smith get the chance to come back into a leadership role? There's some of the things we're talking about tonight. Uh, tonight uh, we're here until 10 o'clock, so get involved, get a, be a part of the show. Joining us now to, uh, to recap, as I say, what's been a really big day in cricket and also NRL news as well um, from News Corp's Newswire. It is Jasper Bruce. Jasper, thanks for taking a bit of time, mate, to join us. How are you doing on this wet and wild Friday night? Uh, going pretty well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh, our pleasure. We'll start with some cricket then. Um, so Tim Payne, out for the foreseeable future. Um, before we, we talk about who might come in and take the gloves, how do you think Cricket Australia looks after the past week? Well, you know, I think, to be honest, the hands are a little bit tied. Tim Payne, I think, has made the right call stepping aside. I think he, as much as... He, he said, you know, uh, if he had been there, he might have been a distraction. I think the best way to, to get out of there and to make sure there's not a distraction at all is to relinquish the captaincy and to just step away for now. I think it's the absolute right call. I think, you know, people talking about whether a fast bowler can be the captain, I actually don't really know that I had many options other than Pat Cummins. Mm. I don't really see Minus Labashane as a captain, at least not now. 
Travis Head often talked about as a future captain of the side, but obviously didn't play the last little bit of the summer last year. So I think Pat Cummins probably their only option. And in his presses today, he did say that he's going to lean pretty heavily on Steve Smith and his leadership experience as well. So, mm. you know, maybe not the ideal circumstances that Pat Cummins might have liked to have been taking the reins in, but, you know, we've got to run with the ball now that we've got it, and I think he's a good choice. So the only other option would have been Steve Smith to be returned to the, mm. the full captaincy role, um, but there doesn't appear to be a lot of support for him to do that. I guess a few of us from outside the game are thinking, well, hang on, if, if he's able to be in a leadership role with a VC next to his name, why can't he have just the C? Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's above my pay grade to decide, I think. Um, but certainly I think what I got today from from sitting in on Pat Cummins and Steve Smith's presser was that it's going to be quite collaborative captaincy. And, and that's mm. how uh, Pat Cummins is going to try and define his tenure as captain is to sort of listen and not not to give directions to people who really are in the test team because they're great at what they do. So I think, you know, we can expect a bit of a hands-off leadership approach from Pat Cummins and Steve Smith sort of as his right-hand man there. But like you say, he doesn't have a C next to his name. Whether you know, that would have been too controversial a decision, I mean, I'll leave that up to the listeners. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, so let's hope this isn't the end of Tim Payne. But it may well be the end of uh, Tim Payne. Who are you tipping to take over behind the stumps? Oh, look, I think Alex Carey is probably the, the safer choice. He's obviously was, was the captain in the ODI series when Aaron Finch was unavailable in the West Indies earlier this year. So he's, he's no stranger to the Australian side in other formats. I think it's probably only natural and now's his time to, to step in a test level. So um, yeah, Inglis obviously floated as well as an option, but I think Alex Carey probably probably the safer choice for mine. Mm. All right, um, talking to Jasper Bruce by, uh, from News uh, News Corp um, in the Sheffield Shield. Jasper, a bit of an unusual situation. Now there's, a, I guess, a, what you could call a bit of a bat off for the number five Test position. Aussie Kawaja and Travis Head, um, and Aussie, a captain of Queensland, he he did the right thing, I guess, by his team, but it probably hasn't helped him in some ways. Yeah, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Uh, watching the last couple of days of the Shield there. So essentially, if anyone listening didn't catch up on the Shield, what happened was the last game for both Queensland and South Australia before the Ashes break. And Travis Head, skipper of South Australia, Kawaja, like you said, skipper of Queensland, um, heading into this game, it's their last chance to prove their credentials before the Ashes. South Australia really didn't do too well in, the first, in their first innings. So Kawaja forced the follow-on, knowing that he was giving Travis Head another shot at, at proving his his test credentials and another shot at batting and probably forfeiting his own chance to do so right before the Ashes as well by forcing that follow-on. But it was the right decision for the team, so that's what he did. Um, and, you know, Travis Head goes on to score his second first-class century of the summer, 101 run, absolutely stellar knock. Mm. Um, and then Kawhi just probably sitting on the sidelines going, oh, dear, what does this mean for my Ashes chances? But yeah. then as, as, uh, the cricket gods must have been smiling down on him <laughs> mm. because the two openers for Queensland went cheaply earlier today. So Kawaja actually did get a good spin at the crease and managed to knock a pretty speedy half century. So they're pretty cool that he did get oh. a chance to do that. But afterwards, it stumps Kawaja saying that he actually doesn't really have much of an issue if Travis Head's picked over him. You know, whether that's all spin and whether he's actually secretly uh, really hoping to get back into that test team after two years out of it, I don't know. But uh, definitely an intriguing battle between those two. And, you know, I really think it could go either way in terms of that, uh, that fifth batting spot. Mm. Uh, so on that Shield match, so Queensland, they, they won comfortably, didn't they, um, after sending mm. uh, the Redbacks back in. Queensland um, won by eight wickets in the end. Yes, yeah, so a nice nice out, nice ending to that story, wasn't it, from Wuzi Kawaja, who 
did the right thing, could have um, done himself no favours. Head goes in, makes a century, but he does get a chance to come back in and, and show some good form as well. Let's move on from um, from cricket to footy. Um, NRL, big day of player movements. We know that Felice Kafusi, he's the first big signing or main signing for, uh, for the Dolphins, but they have missed out on a few players this week as well. Haven't they just? Yeah, the Dolphins really, you know, all the talk before this uh, November 1, trade deadline before it began was who are the Dolphins going to sign? They're going to go out all guns blazing and sign all these big names and it just hadn't happened all month and you know, right under their nose is all these really big names, Christian Welch, Isaiah Papaletti, Reid Marnie, Viliami Kikau all, all signing deals elsewhere and, and just as the sun was starting to set on, are these guys even going to sign a big player before the end of November? They lock up Felice Kafusi for three years from 2023 and obviously he's a big game player, two premierships of the Storm, State of Origin player, so, you know, a bit of a relief for Wayne Bennett and co. I would have thought to be able to get a big name up there. And in a statement that the Dolphins released uh, today, they're hoping that now that they've got their first their first big name, he'll attract others to come up as well. So pleased for the Dolphins. But, yeah, like you say, definitely a, more than one that got away in their pursuit of that first signing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we just wonder if Brandon Smith, um, now that Kafusi signed, it may have an impact on what Brandon Smith chooses to do. I'm going to ask you a question, mate, so I didn't want to give it to you without notice, and I won't give it straight now, so I'll give you a bit of think music before I, we get to that. We're doing a segment tonight <laughs> and for the rest of uh, the next couple of weeks too. Uh, the top 10 sporting moments, the top 10 sporting Ooh. moments this year, all right? So I'll give you like a, a couple, you know, like the Boomers bronze medal, claiming that at the, the Olympics. Um, you've got uh, the Panthers winning the NRL Premiership, all right? So we'll come back to that one. I just want to get one, maybe, a, a top sporting moment from you over the past 12 months. Before we do that, still back on uh, on Rugby League. And um, mm-hmm. so Melbourne forward, uh, Tui Kamakamitha, a bit of news around. That's late this afternoon, too. Not uh, not a positive story, this one. No, yeah. What a turbulent off-season it's already been for the Storm. And now this happens. Tui Kamakamitha, like you said, charged by Queensland police over an alleged incident outside a Brisbane hotel involving a woman. Uh, there's going to be formal interviews with him. He hasn't entered a plea yet, but pending that, the Narrow Integrity Unit is going to investigate. The Storm is going to hold interviews, I think, over Zoom because he is still in Queensland. Mm. But yeah, look, not a good news story at all there. Um, and particularly, you know, they've already had some vaccine problems with Nelson Asofa Solomona and, yeah. and what's alleged to have happened in a hotel room on the night of the Dally M Awards with a couple of their players. So, you know, not not in the news for all the, all the right reasons since bowing out of the final series, The Storm. So a lot to work through on their end. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just reading this now, so it's all it's it's quite fresh, isn't it? This stuff around this story. Mm. So Kamakamitha, he joins uh, Munster, Brandon Smith, Chris Lewis. You're right, um, and Nelson, Sofa Solomona have all been involved in, I guess, some some controversy, if you like, in this post season. All right, mate, uh, I appreciate your time. Any moment stand out there? Any mo- great sporting moment? What's been your favourite sporting moment in in 2021? Uh, well, because I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Panthers fan. This is probably the reason that I'm a sports journalist is my love for the Panthers Panthers. But I'm going to resist the temptation to say their okay. premiership win because I, I actually think the Demons drought-breaking premiership win in the AFL got to do it for me. I mean, what a great story. Guys like Max Gorn, Christian Petrarca, some of the most likable guys in the AFL, chasing premiership glory. Yeah. Some of them have been at that club for years through some very, very dark days. And as much as we love the Western Bulldogs, and they're a great story as well, 
I just, yeah, you can't help but smile, I think, as a neutral fan, seeing the Melbourne Demons get up this year. That was, that was pretty special, I yeah, thought. Yeah, great stuff. So the D's uh, claiming the AFL flag. See, I knew I could throw that at you. Cold, and you've you've absolutely, <laughs> you've brained it. Jasper Bruce, mate, enjoy um, the rest of your Friday night. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for joining us on Higher Ground. Thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure. All right. Well, we might take a quick break in a mo, but uh, keep those uh, suggestions coming through. I'm asking for uh, a couple of things from you, our dear listeners. Um, I'm asking you uh, the top 10, your favourite sporting moment from the past year. Your favourite sporting moment from the past year. And also some great sporting partnerships. And this is, um, well... One great partnership is Glenn Boss, the jockey, and Maccabi Diva, and Glenn will will call it quits tomorrow. He's uh, having his last last race, so I'm asking you, what are some other great um, sporting partnerships over the years? Uh, I've got one from Rocky here: Gordon Greenwich and Desmond Haynes. Yes, indeed, um, Langer and Hayden, Lillian Thompson. York and Cole for Manchester United. Dwight York and uh, Ash... Andy Cole. Andy Cole. There were that many Coles around in yes. football in the late 90s, early yes, 2000s. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so you might have your thoughts on that. Um, got another one here. Famous partnerships. Phil Mickelson, big lefty. And Jim Bones Mackay. Mackay? He's Caddy. Mac- no, no, he's Caddy. Mackay. Yeah. And then um, Tiger Woods and Steve Williams. But that didn't end well, did it? Didn't end... Amicably. No, amicably. It was That's a very a, successful partnership. It was. Well, you, this is the mad Russian, the, the dulcet tones of mad Russian. So he's back in the house. He just comes in and out. <laughs> so you think you run, just run the show now? Come and drift in and out whenever you want. Well, I'm here to help. Mate, Irish is going. Oh, okay. I'll get out of here. Irish is going. Great guns. (laughs) Uh, We'll take a break. You're listening to Higher Ground. It's coming up to 22 minutes to 8 o'clock. Lovely to have your company. We're uh, we're asking here. So it's me, Chris, and I'm always generally here when Higher Ground is on. And uh, Mad Russian, um, he's in the house. Hello, Mad. How are you, Chris? Good, thank you. And Irish, how are you doing? Still good. Thank you. So Irish is still good. Mad is is in the house. Mad is leaving us next week. Um, not holding hands. It's not going away on a lovely romantic weekend with his uh, girlfriend. He's going away back to the same place that he went last weekend, mind you, but with his mates. You tell me something's not going on down there in the south southern highlands or wherever you're going. We'll be very wet again, Chris. Yes. <laughs> Yes, well, I won't go there. Now, um, listen, uh, we're doing a segment here, uh, Top 10. Our Top 10, we're counting down the Top 10 sporting moments from 2021. There have been a few, haven't there? Uh, we'd like your input, like your input, 0457 736 736. Um, and we're going to count down because I think we've only got, what, three or four more? Four shows th- left. Four shows of higher Including ground. Including this one. And then we're gone. That's... That's it. You're on morning. Do we come back next year? In. Do I come back next year or not? Oh, I haven't discussed that yet. Hmm. Well, let me know when you know. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Hutchie, oi, Hutchie, are you there? You come, Hutchie. You come to the Hutchie's our boss, by the way. He owns owns the station. You come to the Christmas party, Hutchie. Right, right. Good, good. Well, good. I'll get we you a shandy. <laughs> I'll get you one of my my famous shandies, uh, and we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about my future. Mm. Yes. Now, uh, so only four editions of Higher Ground. Okay, so we're doing the top 10 and we're going to nominate the bottom four of our top 10, the bottom four as we have voted them. We're going to nominate them and give them out, not give them out, but uh, reveal them um, tonight. But you might have your thoughts on that. So still, you might be able to influence the judge's decision on that. And great sporting partnerships, great sporting partnerships, a la Glenn Boss 
and Maccabi Diva. What are some other great sporting partnerships? Uh, oh, yeah, thanks very much, Rocky. Where's he from, Rocky? Central Coast. Yeah, he's up in Rocky. Uh, Chris and Tim Davies. <laughs> Sorry, Rocky. You're, you're, yeah, look. Uh, it's Bumble too, by the way. Um, <clears throat> talking about romantic weekends. So, so uh, let's say hypothetically I'd met someone and let's say they were at home tonight and watching um, sort of romantic movies with their daughters or whatever. We really have. Some chick flicks. What are some famous chick flicks? So... We're going Bridget around. Jones' diary. Well, that's the the most famous. That's, that's the classic, the, isn't it? That's the is that, is that a that's a tearjerker. Yeah, I like Pretty Woman. Would I, that be a chick flick? And we're being sexist here, aren't we? Are we? Oh, oh, yeah, who cares? I don't know. That's what they call. Um, breakfast at Tiffany. I can be sexist. Yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's, I think, is the yes. the original chick flick from right the sixties. Audrey Hepburn. Oh, that'd be good to watch. Yeah. Go back in black and white. Yeah, I think you're right. I think. Yeah. Some other chick flicks. Come on, Irish, you can weigh in here. What are some some tear jerkers? Some mean girls. Is that, oh is that yeah, what? that yeah What's yeah that? yeah. That's that's a very These good guys nomin- are like strong young, nomination. A lot younger than me too. Uh, haven't seen. No, mean girls. No, oh. that's good. Is it? Yeah, it is. Lindsay Lohan. No. Oh. No, been busy or been under a rock. <laughs> yeah, apparently. That's been one of under the most a rock famous and been movies busy. of hmm? the two thousands. That's huge. Didn't get it. Irish. Yeah, you're at London. You're in London, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still could have watched it over there. I mustn't have come out there. That might be a bit behind. <laughs> Dirty Dancing. Yeah, Flash Dance. Roadhouse. No. Clueless. Clueless. Did you ever watch that one? It's one of my sister's favorite. Uh, Devil Wears Prada. I had a crush on that one, didn't I? That, I can't yeah. remember yeah. her name. Devil's one, right. hit, one hit wonder. <laughs> uh, Devil Wears Prada. No, I haven't watched that even. That's a good one, they, they say. Mm. Okay. Why are we talking about this? You, you brought said, it up. You said, oh, about, <laughs> you said something about Tinder and now it's chick flicks. Oh, I didn't say that. Rocky said that. Mm. All right. Uh, great sporting partnership. Lillian Thompson. Yeah. Mm. Sterling and Kenny. See, I'm yeah, a Parramatta fan good. as a kid. Alfie and Wally. I got one. Adam Elliott and Millie Boyle. Oh. oh. Speaking of yeah, Tinder and Wow. Yeah, but, no, yeah, that's but not controversial. They're, they're together. They are now. Two good athletes. They were in a toilet cubicle too a few months ago, weren't they? Hooking up. See, that's another thing, right? <laughs> See, you guys are younger than me, right? And that's hooking up is these days it's getting it on, isn't it? But I would actually say to you, you know, because I'm twice your age, mm. I would have said, do you want to hook up for a drink? Oh. That's just a common saying for me. Ooh. Oh, and so I night. say it in yes. front of my daughter, who's 14, and, and she goes, hey, because, like, yes, see, the terminology, terminology changes. I would just, I say it as like a generic thing. If I don't want to explain what happened or I want people to think more of it, I'll just say, yeah, hooked up. So you're up. a bit of a weird cat, Irish. It's good to welcome, mate. <laughs> welcome to the show. Uh, Fits you, in with the show perfectly. Yes, you do. You fit in really, really well. So uh, keep those texts coming in. What are the uh, the great sporting moments? We'll we'll nominate, reveal a few of them when a little bit later on. You want to want to go for a little bit later on? Okay, feel free to talk. You can say you're, you're the producer. Well, if we read the rundown, seven thirty. I don't normally get forty five. Oh, oh, right, yeah. Top ten moments of the year: number ten and number nine. Mm. So do you want to start there? Yeah. Why don't we start with number 10? Because that's what's on the rundown, mm. right? 
that's what's on the rundown. Number number ten. If I look at it in front of me, um, bronze medal mm. at the Olympics for Harry Garside. So he became well. He won our first Olympic medal in boxing for what, thirty years or more. Mm. Big performance from um, from Garside, and we know that this young man he, he's uh, he's a real character. He's a colourful character, a lovely young fella, and now he's got the great. Um, Great trainer as well in his corner. He was going to be on the, not the undercard, but the card of the Paul Gallon fight that's no longer happening mm. with Josh Aloye, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not quite sure what is happening. I'll have to dig that out and see what uh, see what happens. We've got some audio, though, so let's just relive some of the moments there. Um, Harry Garside, uh, the Aussie boxer, taking bronze at the Olympics this year. The winner on points by split decision. In blue, Harry Garson. I'm proud of myself for that, but I really wanted to be the first ever to win an Olympic gold medal. Um, obviously, bronze is still good, but the gold medal is what I wanted. But now, hopefully, I've inspired the next generation of boxers and young athletes leading into the 2032 Games, and let's hope that it's our most successful Games ever. There he is, and he's got a huge future, Harry Garside, and a really likable young fella. Mm. He's going to go places, and not that he hasn't gone places already, but he was to make his pro debut. Um, that double head about December 9 and 10 in Newcastle, which I'm not quite sure um, that's what's going to happen for him now, Harry Garside. Now also at the Olympics. So you can see that's uh, that's made it into our, our top 10. It comes in at number 10, does Harry Garside. Number nine and another young lady who you just got to fall in love with. You know what I mean? You've, you're just so endeared to her is Jess Fox. She's a champion. She's won medals before. Um, but taking out Olympic gold, for us, that was a real highlight. And that is our number nine moment. Into the final upstream gate. The time is looking strong for Jessica Fox. One gate to come. Fox is flying towards the line. Is this the moment she's tripped of her entire career? She hits the line. She's got it. She has shines like gold to become the Olympic champion. She is a wonder water on the, woman on the water. What a performance. Yeah, what a performance indeed. And, uh, you know, the future is still very bright for, for our own Jess Fox. So there it is. There's nine and ten. We've got another eight to go, and we will reveal our number seven and our number eight uh, later on in the show. Again, you can influence the judge's decision if you've got a magic sporting moment from um, the past year, the past calendar year. Send them through. 0457. 736-736, and we can try and dig out a bit of audio, uh, do whatever we want. The next two that have made the list, I won't give them away now. One does involve horse racing, and one does involve maybe a little swear word. We might even need the dump button, okay? <laughs> we might even need the dump button. You're listening to Higher Ground coming up to 8 Minutes to 8. And right around now, Fantastic is joining in, and She's Archie runs on, but Maccabi Diva shot away. She's out by two lengths to She's Archie. Fantastic and Zagalia. Maccabi Diva in front. She's Archie tries hard, but Maccabi Diva wins the cup. Elston coming with him, Maccabi Diva. She's got right up on the inside, Maccabi Diva. She's hit the front now from Vinnie Rowe and Zasman. It's Maccabi Diva clear. She's out by two lengths to Vinnie Rowe. It's Maccabi Diva clear, and she's 
Brisbane River. Here comes like a falcon end, excellent. But McCarty Diva clear with 100 metres to go. Excellent runs to second. Onazun runs on, but a champion becomes a legend. Yeah, champion becomes a legend, you betcha. And uh, he's a legend himself, uh, the man on board, Glenn Boss. And tomorrow it all comes to an end. It, 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 I've got to be honest with you, although I know he's 52, uh, but he's a fit 52. He, he sort of came out of left, left field a bit for me. I, I wasn't expecting it uh, mm. when I read it today. Um, what about his stats, though? What about his stats? Um, 18,901 starts. Career prize money, $203 million. And still climbing because he's going to maybe get some more tomorrow. 2,406 wins, including 90 at Group 1 level, 62 Group 2s, 78 Group 3s, and he has got another Group 2 tomorrow. Um, and that's where he's going to be riding the uh, the short price favourite, Spanish Mission. That's in the, uh, the Zipping Classic at Caulfield. Worth three quarters of a million dollars. Um, listed wins 144, and Maccabi Diva, obviously the best horse. Uh, three on the trot. Um, he combined with Maccabi Diva to win seven Group Ones, including those those three Melbourne Cups. Just incredible. So the um, only Damien Oliver, George Moore, Roy Higgins, and Jim Cassidy, and Hugh Bowman um, have won more. Australian Group 1 races than the great Glenn Boss. So that's a, quite a partnership, isn't it? Quite a partnership indeed. Glenn Boss and Maccabi Devia. So give me your great sporting partnerships. Okay, you've got the gist of it now. Great sporting partnerships. That's uh, that's what we're throwing out there. 0457 736 736. Great sporting um, partnerships. Here's one. The Woodies in tennis. Todd Woodbridge and Mark Woodford. I Yeah. Thanks, Hobbsy. I haven't got the stats in front of me, but they were inseparable and they were so, so, so clever, weren't they? So successful, um, that great Aussie doubles partnership. And I go back a bit further than that too. Um, John Newcomb, Tony Roach, they were a bloody good doubles partnership as well and I haven't got their stats in front of me. I should know all this sort of stuff if I'm any sort of sports journo. But You want the Woodies? Yes. 11 Grand Slams, an Olympic gold medal. 14 ATP Masters Series titles. Yeah. Not bad numbers. Go Keep going on there. Brian Brothers, what about their stats? Are uh, you with me? You hearing me? Because you love your tennis. One lefty, one righty. There you go. Didn't Brian know that. Brothers. Oh, covering both wings of the court. Well, they'd be unbeatable, <laughs> wouldn't they? They were fair good, Mike and Bob. What would their wingspan be? <laughs> Combined. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. So yeah. the Brian Brothers. Oh, so. Now, how old are they? they they're not twins, are they? No. No, they are twins. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Forty-three now. Six, um, sixteen titles together. Six Australian Opens, two French, three Wimbledon, and five U.S. Opens. Not bad. Eh? So there's another great sporting mm. partnership. The the Bryan brothers, uh, yeah, uh, American boys, aren't they? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So and what are they? Forty-three now. Forty-three now. Yeah, getting a bit long in the tooth, aren't mm. they? Great sporting partnerships. Come on. Um, what are they? What are they? Um, and even Ian Healy, I heard him on the, um, on the show earlier on. He was on Drive with the boys, wasn't he? And that was um, him and Tubby Taylor. That was always a great sort of partnership too, wasn't it, as captain and keeper? And you, you know, you've got to have um, a good relationship between captain and keeper too in the Australian cricket team. Uh, we'll talk more about the cricket. Um, there's been a lot going on today. You might have your thoughts too on Pat Cummins. You can't help but love Paddy Cummins. I, I just hope that it doesn't 
take away him being the captain. It doesn't take away um, from his ability with the ball because it is a whole lot of responsibility. And there's probably a good reason why we haven't had um, a pace bowler for many, many, many decades with the little C next to his name. Get involved with the show. If you want to pick up the phone and have a chat, uh, we won't bite. Well, I won't bite. Will you bite, Irish? You, you won't bite? I haven't been known to, but it is a Friday. <laughs> okay. I won't bite. Irish might. Well, a big weekend coming up for the Matildas, and we've got the young Matildas coach and also SEN commentator Leah Blaney here to take us through all the big storylines ahead of the uh, two-game series um, against the United States of America. Leah, thanks for joining us, mate. How are you doing tonight? You're up in the Blue Mountains. I, I hope you're staying nice and dry. Yes, certainly trying to up here. Absolutely lashing all day. Give us a bit of a background here on this uh, this rivalry. Let's get straight into it. Uh, the USA, uh, one of the real powerhouses, aren't they, in the women's game? Yeah, absolutely. Look, Australia's only ever beaten in the US in the 2017 uh, Tournament of Nations. So uh, I think we've played them seven or eight times um, in recent years. So this is certainly a, a game where we'll be looking to go in and, and get the win. Um, also coming off the 4-3 loss in the bronze medal match at the Olympics. And and since then, I mean, uh, the Matildas, how have you, how have you rated their, their recent performances? Look, I think uh, against the Brazil uh, team that came out uh, not so long ago, the, the girls looked quite strong in patches. Um, we started to see um, some glimmers of the football they're capable of, some one-touch football. I think the second goal in the second game was a world-class goal um, from the build-up from the goalkeeper into um, the girls finish. So I think in patches, we've had some really, really good moments. But then, you know, if we're going to win a World Cup, there's certainly some areas we need to tidy up on. What sort of areas? Um, you know, where where would you be looking at some of the areas we need to improve improve on? Yeah, look, obviously defensively, we're looking to um, shore that up. And um, Gustafsson's brought in um, another uh, amount of players that can be tested in, in different positions and hopefully build some of that depth in that central defensive role especially um, as well as hold a midfield role so hopefully uh, we see some of those players get some some game time and then some of the other more experienced Matildas as well um, put out their best performance for this tournament and we look to build now we look to build for Asian Cup and then obviously 2023. Mm. I haven't even looked at what the the bookies are saying how do you rate our chances uh, tomorrow night? Look, I think we have a strong chance tomorrow night. Um, you know, we've got the girls coming off the back of their seasons in Europe, so they're all playing regular match minutes. We've got others that are Australian-based that are, uh, you know, a week or two out of starting their A-League women's season. So the, the squad certainly should be fit and, and ready to go. And the US, I think I'm right in saying, uh, without um, some of their big names... Yeah, they're missing a few. So they've brought in 10 from the Olympics um, and only six from their, their previous World Cup campaign. So they'll be looking, um, as we are, to, to build towards 2023 and um, potentially maybe cap some uncapped players. I think they've got five or six uncapped um, that they've brought out. And then they've got some others who have played fewer than 10 caps for the US national team. So it's certainly an opportunity for them as well to blood in some of their younger players or players who might not have seen as much game time as a Tobin Heath or a Megan Rapino or Julie Ertz. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it seems not that long ago, you know, how our time sort of flies or gets away from you. Um, 
you know, I remember a young Ellie Carpenter, and she would have been, oh, God, all of 16 years maybe when she was at... Um, when she started out, there was out at the at Wanderers, wasn't it? But now we've got she's like a almost a senior player in the squad, isn't she? And young Mary Fowler too. I mean, she's got she holds her place well and truly. These are sort of now almost household names, along with the likes of Sam Kerr. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've got Ellie, who's you know whether she's turned twenty one or approaching turning twenty one, and has played a significant amount of games um, for our national team. It, Throughout the Brazil games, Alana Kennedy reached 100 caps and she's only 26. So there's certainly uh, a lot of youthful players still within that squad. Um, even though they may have received several senior national team caps, it's still very a young side. Uh, and there is, and, and I imagine a number of the players in this uh, Matildas squad probably still eligible for, for the young Matildas, right? Yeah, in our last uh, campaign, yes. So um, our, our last cycle, I believe at the moment, with the inclusion of Charlie Rule and Jessica Nash, who are two youngsters, um, who Jess is only in year 11 in high school and Charlie Rule yeah. just finished the HSC last year. Uh, you know, Charlie's just turned 18 and, and Jess is, you know, just got her pee plates, to be quite <laughs> frank. She's yeah. only 17. Yeah. So um, not even sure if she's on the road. And, and you've got the likes of, who are some other, um, other youngsters? I'm just trying. Kyra Cooney-Cross as well. There's another one. Um, yeah, you've got Kyra Cooney-Cross. Young Braley Henry has been an absolute yes. star um, emerging on the scene most recently. So um, be you know excellent to see her get some more match minutes. And um, she's, you know, she's definitely one who's an explosive and exciting player along with uh, central defender Courtney Nevin. It's, uh, the development, the pathways seem to be working pretty well, don't they? I'm talking to Leah Blaney, by the way, um, coach of the young Matildas. Our our Matildas uh, are in action tomorrow night against uh, the USA. It looks like it's all working pretty well, uh, bringing these young players through. Look, yeah, at the end of the day, that's the, the role of our youth program. So to see so many players that are getting the opportunity to step up into that environment and then stay there as well, because that's another important point that, players go in and the senior national team coach feels like they're prepared enough to be called back in, um, which is excellent. If I was to ask you, give me give me one name, you, you, you think that we're all going to be hearing a lot about in the future that maybe we, we don't know yet? Can you find a player? Uh, I'm, I'm torn between Carly Rosbach and then Charlotte Grant. Now, Carly's probably obviously a little bit more of a seasoned Matilda, given that she attended the 2019 World Cup. She's uh, had a few injury concerns um, since then, but um, I dare say that she's going to be somebody who um, is going to make a big impact in our senior national team going forward. And Charlotte Grant, young girl from Adelaide, um, explosive power and speed. And, you know, in, in time, hopefully she's challenging Ellie Carpenter for that right fullback role. Uh, so tomorrow night then at, at uh, Stadium Australia, or, or now I believe it's the, the newly named Accor Stadium, uh, previously obviously um, ANZ Stadium, we're hearing there a lot of tickets already sold, but would you have preferred maybe the, uh, the game to be played at Combank Stadium? Look, the experience at uh, Combank for the Brazil series was fantastic. I think the opportunity to play at Accor tomorrow um, is just going to be another again, opportunity for us to play in what potentially could be a World Cup final stadium. Um, so for the girls to play there tomorrow and who, and live it, 
you know, before actually having to live it in 18 months is a fantastic opportunity. And uh, I believe there's been 30,000 tickets sold already to the match without any walk-in. So that's an exciting time for football tomorrow. You bet it is. And they'll, they're hoping to, I think, eclipse the, um, the formal record there for a, a Matildas match, which I think is around the 33 mark. And then, uh, and then Tuesday, so they're up to Newcastle on Tuesday. Um, I imagine we'll get a, a, a very healthy crowd up there as well, wouldn't we? Yeah, uh, again, I'm, I'm hearing high ticket sales, but that's not to say that those of you out there listening um, who may not have purchased a ticket yet, get yourself out to the game. You know, it's such an opportunity to see these inspiring young women and the inclusion of the, the Wiggles um, singing the national anthem. It, it, it reaches a wider audience. Get your, get your young kids out there to the game to see these amazing women play and obviously um, the iconic group that the Wiggles are. Yeah, Pretty much. absolutely. And not just the Wiggles. I mean, honestly, the, the Matildas are such a big brand, aren't they? And I know a lot of um, you know, families with, with younger sort of daughters, um, they really have latched on to this. And, and also with, with cricket as well, the women's big bash. I know a lot of young girls that are, are really latching on to, to all that as well. So um, it's really, really good. And things look to be going well. And uh, all the best for, for our girls uh, tomorrow night. Leah Blaney, hey, thanks for joining us, mate, on, on higher ground. Hey, listen, before you go, because you're up there in the Blue Mountains and it's very, very wet. So I'm sort of, I'm, in, I'm picturing this. I've got you in a sort of a log cabin up there with a sort of um, the embers of a nice uh, fire burning away and, and a glass of red wine. Am I somewhere near the mark? Yeah, you've got you've got the fire right. Um, not log cabin and no red wine tonight, but uh, close to spot on. All right, well, it sounds cosy. Uh, you stay dry, and thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, Chris. Great stuff. There she is, Leah Blaney. This is Higher Ground. Hope you're enjoying your uh, Friday night. Uh, wet and wild, certainly Friday night in Sydney town, and uh, I don't know where you are listening into us. You might be tuning in through the SEN app, wherever you are. Welcome to the show. Uh, Chris Warren with you. And uh, Mad Russian, he's gone. He's outside. He's getting ready for his week off. He's, his boy's not weekend away, but he's he's taking a whole week away. Um, next week is the Mad Russian. So 15 of them, they're going off on the on the Terps, on the drink. 15. Well, I haven't met 15 name? people in my life. How's he organising 15? How's he got 15 friends? This is Irish. So Irish is coming off the bench and Irish is replacing Russian. Uh, I haven't got 15 good mates that I could go away with either. Apparently, they do it every year, these boys. I don't. I couldn't even throw enemies in. I don't have 15. No. Oh, I would. Yeah, no, I could find them. <laughs> I could find... Could you find 15 you don't like? People you don't like? Can you, stop, that I don't, can you stop moving around your head, gear? That I don't like or don't like mm. me? I guess you're one right now. What, I'm, I'm, you don't like me? You've only no, been no, working I, with me for no, an hour. Um... <laughs> Uh, based on my headphone etiquette. My well, headphone You need to... You, you and I have had a public falling out. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not... Yeah, I'm, yeah I'll, I'll tell you how I see it. Straight up, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop Which I keep bringing this up. It's, that's the uh, Warren Ryan coaching in you, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Didn't like me, Warren. Didn't he? I was going to well, ask, when do we get to stories about Warren Ryan? Walk didn't like me. I got no dish, no dirt to dish on Walk. Yeah. Just yeah. didn't like me because I was only an average footballer. Yeah, yeah. You don't hear much about his time at West. We had a good team out there. They did. I was I was only a young kid, you know. I was only God, I don't yeah. know, twenty, twenty one, whatever. But I was playing with some sort of legends of the game yeah. back then, like Cement yeah. Gillespie and Joey Thomas, Bob Lidner, Who was Andrew Leeds, 
hooking, yeah. Shane Flanagan was. And she, and Joey Thomas. So, and then Joey sort of retired or moved down to the gong. And Flano was hooker. So Flano didn't like me. Does he like anyone? Yeah, he's good. Likes his son. I, he likes I didn't his son. really know Flanner when we were out there playing at West Magpies. Because you never was, played with him. It was either you well, or I him. did. No, I did. But he was a hooker, so I was a hooker. I wanted his spot. So there's obviously a little bit of you know, he didn't yeah. really care about me. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to take his position. Um, and funnily enough, the very first time I touched foot, set foot on first grade field, was up on the Gold Coast Seagull Stadium, and Flanner must have got. Injured or hooked, or we got injured, I reckon, and on I went. And uh, I'd already seen those days. You'd sit on the bench. Yeah. You'd play reserve grade. I was so I was the captain of reserve grade. You'd play a whole game of reserve grade. You know, bash yourself up, and then if Walker or Webb said, "Oh, you know, we sit sit on the bench," you got to say yes because that's all you want to do, isn't it? Right. So yeah. you sit on the bench for first grade, and you just hope you don't get brought into the game early early on because you've already played a full game. And something happened. It was about probably 10 minutes into the match against the Gold Coast. Choppy Close. Chris Close was playing. You know yeah. Chris Close. He's the size of Selector. a house. Each leg's the size of a house. I remember him just stompeding over the top of me. So Flanner must have come off injured early on. And so I I think I must have gone out and played almost a full game of first grade as well. And um, Jason Taylor was the halfback. And he tells a funny story too. Bobby Lidner was our... Well, it would have been our lock, I reckon Bobby was. And so I've come on, number 22 on my back, because hooker back in those days, your first grade hooker was number nine. You add 13 to yep. that, you've got number 22, is your second grade hooker. Yep. And your third grade hooker, add, add 13 to your 22, yep. um, was 35. Yep. Uh, and Bobby Lidnat, he didn't even know who I was. And he was saying to JT, who's this bl- JT, who's this bloke? And he's just saying to me, number 22, give me the ball, give me the ball. And uh, we shook hands. Hi, Bob, I'm Chris. <laughs> yeah, funny old guy. How did we start talking about West Magpies? Because you were giving me a bake. And then I was, I was giving I'm, you a bake. I'm, I was just I'm you sympathizing some... because I know you're from the Warren Ryan school. So you're just, <laughs> I was you're just you... teaching as you were taught. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, will hold, I was just teaching you etiquette with your headphones. That's yeah. all. And, and my, my listeners, I'm just doing it because they. Well, you will... can teach Warren Ryan etiquette with his headphones. He's going to do a bit of trouble. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, text messages, 0457 736 736. We're looking for, for great sporting partnerships. And uh, me and Irish, we're getting off to a great start here. We, we, could, we could very well become anything, you know, in the world of, uh, of talkback radio. Well, it's not talkback radio at the moment because you're not calling me. You want to yep. pick up the phone and have a chat. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is that uh, open line number. Great sporting partnerships and along the lines of Glen Glen Boss and the great uh, horse Maccabi Diva. Um, send us through your thoughts. Now we're also doing. Before I go on to, we're also doing our top ten sporting moments from twenty twenty one. We've already been through the first that have made the top ten. Harry Garside winning Australia's first Olympic medal. Uh, in boxing at the Tokyo Games in 33 years. So um, the last time we won a medal in boxing at the Olympics, I was doing my high school certificate in 1988. Do the math, you'll work out my age. So Harry got number 10 and Jess Fox um, winning Olympic gold too at the uh, Tokyo Olympics not so long ago. So we're going to give out or nominate or reveal even – 
the number seven and number eight top sporting moments from 2021. We're going to do that in just a moment. Stay with me. I'm getting there. Before we do, though, um, just in terms of not breaking news, but very current news late this afternoon in rugby league. So Melbourne Storm have stood down Tui Kamakamitha. Um, well, I was going to say a young uh, rookie uh, forward, but he's been around for a few years now, Tui, but he probably had his best season just gone, and he's getting better and better by the year. But Melbourne has uh, released a statement earlier uh, this afternoon. Uh, they have today stood down Tui Kamakamitha after he was charged by Queensland police over an alleged incident involving a woman outside a Brisbane hotel. Uh, the Storm were made aware of uh, the charges on Thursday afternoon and advised the NRL Integrity Unit immediately. It goes on to say here, due to the um, seriousness of the allegations, the club made the decision to stand down Kamakamitha pending his plea in response to the allegations. The NRL Integrity Unit investigation and the club concluding a formal in-person interview with Kamakamitha, who remains out of state, and this will take place next week. Uh, so, of course, you will know that Cameron Munster, Brandon Smith and Chris Lewis, they were involved in that, uh, well, what are we calling that? White powder gate. And that's all it was, white powder. You can join the dots. And Nelson asked for Solomona. He's currently in the headlines too because he um, won't take the jab. And um, so there you go. Melbourne Storm, some more off-field headlines. All right, let's get back to uh, what we're talking about, the top 10 sporting moments from 2021. Harry Garside goes in at number 10. Jess Fox goes in at number 9. And coming in at number 8, we have... We have Kaylee McKeon. Do you remember? At the Olympics again, three gold medals, Tokyo 2020, although it was this year, but still called Tokyo 2020, the 100-metre backstroke, the 200-metre backstroke, and the 4 by one medley relay. She's quite something, and, uh, and you know what? She's fresh, she's honest, and probably a little inexperienced in front of the mic. Hayley McEwen's dropped off a little bit there in the second 25 coming into the wall. She's got a lot of work to do here. Kylie Nass is really out stroking fast, really leading this. Watch for Kayla McEwen now working in the last 25. She's into the silver medal position and she races up alongside Mass. There's our leader. Now we get a look at the world record line and the Australian working her way to the lead. Can she do it? Kayla McEwen in front. Kayla McEwen touches yes! first. An Olympic record. She wins gold and says, Dad, I am with you today. What would you like to say to your mum and your sister for now? Yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, isn't that good? Isn't it good? Hey, Chrissy Hyington, how are you, buddy? Uh, cheerio out there to uh, Chrissy Hyington too from the 2005 uh, West Tigers Premiership winning team. Uh, Kaylee McEwen, um, fresh, raw, refreshing, talented, brilliant, and a huge future and young. Um, so she comes in, uh, great sporting moments from 2021. She comes in at number eight. We will uh, reveal the top six sporting moments uh, from the year just gone um, over the next three episodes of Higher Ground. So this, where's that violin music? This is our fourth last, fourth last episode of Higher Ground for the year. I know. It's been good, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Through the rugby league season, we had our highs and we had our lows. 
And then I thought I was going to sign off and say farewell to SEN 1170. And then they threw me a lifeline and said, Chris, can you continue on with higher ground for just a few more weeks? Come on, mate, you can do it. You're nearly there. And I said, sure. And then the mad Russian came in and said, I'll do it with you, Chris. So higher ground is still here, but we're not here for much longer. And whether we're here next year, I don't know. Mad Russian hasn't had the conversation with the boss. And the boss hasn't had a conversation with me, Hutchie, but I'll be at the Christmas party. I'll be sidling up to you. And <laughs> I would have, I would have been worried if you weren't at the Christmas party, Chris. Well, why? Well, it just seems know, like your been, kind of vibe. No, I've never been to a, Is that a Christmas right? party. I worked at a rival station for almost a decade and have never been to a Is Christmas party. Is that right? For, because I'm always working. Like the, my previous uh, job, right? So they'd have the Christmas party. I used to work in breakfast radio, so I'd have to get up at 4 a.m., yeah. Right. 4 a.m. Monday to Friday, every Monday to Friday, 4 a.m., right? Mm. And they'll have a midweek Christmas party, which will go through till midnight or whatever. Well, how do I get home? 4 a.m. Yeah, how do I get home from, from Sydney, get what, one, have one hour sleep, two hours sleep and get them? No, nah, I could never do it. And I felt really bad because you have good fun. And, and yours, it's also probably one of the only chances you get to meet some of your staff members because yeah. you're all on different shifts and rosters and all that. But at a Christmas, and so I felt bad doing it. And it probably, in the end, well, it wasn't a bloody good career move for me either, dodging the Christmas parties. Because, you know what, those that sort of went to all the Christmas parties, they're going great guns in their career. Isn't it funny how that works? I'm telling you. <laughs> they have Isn't kicked, it funny how that works? They have jumped hurdle after hurdle and kicked on mm. big time, those that go to the Christmas parties. So I'm Life thinking happens. maybe I should have been to a couple of Christmas parties and Set up on the photocopier or something. You've got the life hacks. What? <laughs> yes. Anyway, so I have never been, but I'm I'm going to the SEN Christmas party. There you go. Career starts here. However, I've got another job, sort of a part-time job, mm. and they're having a Christmas party on exactly the same night. Can you split time? Well, I'm going to have to <laughs> because I don't want to put their nose out of joint. So you've gone from none to two in one, in night, one night. First That's in a, a fair decade. Effort. Fair effort. That's a 200% increase. So anyway, I might sit on two photocopiers. <laughs> hey? Of yourself. Goodness <laughs> oh, me. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, uh, Why do people do that? Anyway, no, I forget, let's get away from photocopiers and Christmas party talk. We're going to talk serious now. Number seven, should we do it now? Mm. Number seven, sporting, great sporting moment from 2021. Uh, and it's only very, very recent. It's a couple of weeks ago. James McDonald at the Melbourne Cup Carnival. I'm pretty sure he is. He became the first hoop, her first jockey, to have 10 wins in Cup Week. And four of them, he had four Group 1s, mind you. The Coolmore Stud Stakes on Home Affairs. Melbourne Cup, thank you, thank you, thank you on Very Elegant. The VRC Sprint on Nature Strip. Too short for me, but... Uh, and McKinnon Stakes on Zaki. What a performance it was from the great J-Mac. Very elegant. The champion there is closing from Spanish Mission. Incentivized, grabbed by Very Elegant, the reigning horse of the year. She's opened up a break at the 200. Very elegant from Incentivized, Spanish Mission and floating artist. It's going to be the crowning moment. Very elegant. The mighty mare wins the cup by four. When I um, went for home, I... Um, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, actually. I was just saying, where's that post, you know? I just... Um, so much faith in that. Yeah, I just love it a bit. And uh, yeah, I just... 
Yeah, I'm speechless, really. She travelled so sweetly in the run oh, with such a big weight. Unbelievable. She was just um, trained by a master. He gets them right, and she is a superstar, and I'm so proud of her. Yeah, what a week, eh? What a performance. And what about the what about the Ching Ching, too? What about the Ching Ching J-Mac from Melbourne Cup Carnival? We're just talking about Christmas parties, and I haven't been to a staff Christmas party because I used to do breakfast radio, all that sort of stuff. Um, what are you pointing at that screen for around the ground? You want to go around the grounds, do you? Why don't we do it after break? Okay, let's take a break. You are listening to Higher Ground. How are you, Irish? Very good. Still how, very good. Still very good. How are those headphones going? Yeah, they're good. They wobble around a bit, don't they? No, not always. <laughs> but they do if you start playing with them. <laughs> yeah. We're you talking about to, headphones. You have, to tie my, you have to tie my hands behind my back. Oh, that might be something we can do at some point. I didn't bring the I didn't bring the the handcuffs in. Well, tie Irish. Hey, well. Where are you guys going to go when I'm not here? So what I'm, about you? I'm suddenly concerned. I'm still concerned about you. Again, just recapping. You're going next week away for the whole week, so that's why Irish is in here. He's never done it before, and he's um, he's doing a great job. But he's been thrown in the deep end. Irish has been thrown in the deep end by Russia, by Mad Russian, mm. because you're going back to the same place you left me for last weekend. You were holding hands with your dear girlfriend. And while you were down there, you were doing a bit of a reconnaissance mission on various pubs, golf clubs, boys' hangouts. And you thought, right, she didn't even know what was going through your head at the time. She thought you were just madly connected with her and focused on her. But all the while last weekend, you were actually planning your boys' trip. So you're going next week, not for a couple of days, for five days straight, and there are 15 blokes. That's a long week, my friend. It's a long week, but it means you, because there's 15, also means you can take time out. You or can you hide break away. Off in different groups. Well, that's it. So you can take time quiet are these in school, the corner school because mate? there's old always schoolmates. They are old schoolmates. Oh, so this is so you just, so your own schoolies weekend. You're reliving it every year. <laughs> It's pretty, it's pretty good. You've been doing this I'm for not, six years. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Unlimited interchange as well. That's right. And with 15 people, that's it. Unlimited interchange. If, on, you get, on, if, you're getting too interchange. Na- if you're getting too narky with someone, you, you know, they're rattling your cage a little bit. Yeah. You just move away. Move on. There's other people there. I bet there would be some that you just, nah, like a pest you didn't want to steer clear of. The potholes. Pot- potholes. Mm. I had one in my footy team. We called him potholes. Yeah, we've, uh, we've got a couple of them. Potholes, yeah. yeah. He's leaving, One, the, yeah, he's leaving the potholes yeah, here. Absolutely. Avoid it all costs. He's leaving the potholes here. No, that's we're not staying, true. We're staying here. That's not true. We're staying that's here. That's not true. No, we're not potholes. We're not people. We're not, we're not something people try and avoid. <laughs> people come to us and want to be with us because we're good people with good vibes. Potholes just, are uh, people you try and avoid. But then next week is just going to be you and me, the only ones in this big office. Well, you better get used if to we it. Weren't, <laughs> if we weren't potholes, wouldn't there be, wouldn't there be people clamouring to... No, they can't get in. COVID. That's why we haven't got a live. <laughs> That's right. Why haven't we got a live studio tonight? They'll be back next week. Yeah, they'll be back next week. So it's going to be a long week for you. I'm just. I'm going to give you some tips. Some, and survival our listeners can have survival tips for a boys' weekend. Text boys' in, week. Please. Text in, please. Survival tips, please, for Mad Russian going for a week long boys' weekend. A week long weekend with fifteen of them. Mate, you've got to grow out of it. You're not a schoolie anymore just because it's but schoolies it's, it's weekend. one week but, a year. But you are now 25 or whatever almost. You, you're but almost I'm, shaving. You, you've got to get – you're no longer a schoolie. <laughs> but you know me, Chris. I'm not 
you know, I'm not out on the weekends because I've got to be in here. So you just need a week. You know, I haven't been on holiday for a year. Well, have you ever had any? So this has happened for a few years now. You've been Mm. doing this, the same blokes. Working six day weeks with all the Olympics were on and the footy season. It's a highlight of your career. It's a highlight of your sporting calendar rather. Yeah. I loved it. It was great, but it's hard work too. Have there been any like stories over the past few years, you know, boys go on tour, stays on tour, but some that mm, real big fallouts, bust ups between mates. It's been a few. Because once you add water, sometimes once you add water, (laughs) the alcoholic kind of water. You know, backyard cricket test matches get heated and occasionally they end with Mm. um, doing sort of DIY boxing matches in the backyard, stuff like that. You know, just dumb stuff. Well, DIY, not DUI. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Maybe both. Oh, God, that can happen too. Can I just – can you – if you're listening in and, you know, Tool man, all you older fellas like my age, I think you are about my age, give this young wisdom. fella yeah. wisdom, some some tips. He's got five days on the syrup down south coast with a group of 15 blokes only. Oh, gee, you know what? That'd be a bit boring for me. Because what about, there's going to be single guys there too, right? And they're <laughs> yeah. going to be at... At some stage in the night, they're going to be, their eyes are going to be wandering. Well, we have... You, so, you, you guys in, in couples and stuff? We are, generally get out two of the nights we're down there. Ah, so right. that's that's the key. Down the nightclub, down the gong or something. That's right. We'll go up to Wongong, spend a night there probably towards the end of the week. Yeah, nothing or, good happens or, after midnight in the gong. Or, um, or you know, the, the industry night, which is generally Tuesday now. So but That's we'll the industry. You're not industry. Well, it doesn't matter. They don't know that. Mm. We rock up. Honesty. Yeah. That's the yeah. That's the whole foundation that this program's built on, higher ground. Honesty. That's right. And yeah. I'm being very honest. Okay. Do you want well, me to give you some scores? I hope you hope you're honest with Sophie when you get back. Yes. Round the grounds, A League. Uh nil all. <laughs> At Amy <laughs> Park, Western United nil, <laughs> Perth Glory nil in half time the Friday night A League match. What and were we watching up there before you were you were glued to the scroll? Oh, that was Tara Rushton. Yeah, the half time show. Cooper's wife. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So the rugby league connection there on 10 as well. And uh, India bowled out for 345 in the first test against New Zealand. You were telling me this is at Green Park. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, Tampur. So that's an interesting. I'd never heard of that ground before. Nor had I. Um, um, uh, New Zealand, none for. Kanpur. Kanpur. K A N P U R. And then New Zealand, none for 93. And reply, the two openers, Will Young and. Young Latham. W, Tom, Tom Latham. Tom. W. Young. And what other name? Because it only give, doesn't give you Christian names on this scorecard, does it? W. Young. So what other male name is going to start with W? It has to be Will, doesn't it? Juan? Warren? <laughs> Warren. Yeah, that's not, not a, a common. Not as much not a common, common Warren, Warren. Not a common no. Christian name. What other men's names Wendell? start with that? Wendell. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Wendell Wendell's. Young. That'd be great. Wouldn't Wendell. that be a great what's, that, what's that song I'm thinking of? Well, Wendell. What was I thinking of then? Um... Mm, no, nah, you beat me with that one. Through the keeper w, there. William, Will. That's it. W.G. Grace. The great W.G. Grace. Tell me something about this. Well, you can't because he's, you don't know him either. But there's a chap that's made a century for India. Well, on debut. On debut. So this is the youngster who... So we don't know how to pronounce his surname. I don't. Well, Ponting's his coach in the IPL. We'll give Ricky a call. I can't, I can't tell you which... Have you got Ricky in your for. phone list? Any Off good producer should have Ricky's number in there? But sh- I've got this right. Shri... Re- sh- no. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a doubt, Pat. You have. <laughs> Shriyas Ayer. On debut, test ton. 
Not uh, bad, is it? Yeah, I, know, I bet that doesn't bad. happen very often. Only one of two Indian players to pass 50, Shubman Gill was the other one, the opener. I so, wonder how many. Here's one for our listeners, and they're our best researchers. How many have scored a ton on test debut? You know who did? Last one for Australia to make test ton on debut, I think. Not Langer. No, 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 no not Langer. Later than that. No longer no, with no, us, no, unfortunately. Don't, don't, don't tell me. Don't. Oh. Philip Hughes, I believe, is the last player to make a test ton on debut for Australia. Fair dink. Yeah, in South Africa. I've got a number here as well. Oh, well, give it to us. This is good. What do you see, reckon? See how quick Russian is. Uh, Irish. Well, how, how many do you reckon? Are we, we're talking like how all, many all players? countries. Yeah, all time. All countries. All countries, all time. Century on test debut. Yeah. You're saying about 100? 100 odd? I would, I would, I'd say about 50. 112. Yeah. Wow. Has it got broken down? Yes, I know. Has it got broken down by country? I'd love to know. Here's another one then for Aussies and also for our listeners, rather. I don't care where you're from. Uh, And Irish over there. How many Aussies have scored a century on their test debut? Leave it with me. I will. We'll get back to you shortly. Who was that? Fatty Vorton. I'll get back to you shortly. You probably don't remember that campaign, <laughs> no. do you? No? Uh, what was that campaign, listeners? Again, come on, 0457 736 736. Uh, it was Fatty's Big Barbecue. Mm. When was that? Fatty's Big Barbecue. Big, big spiel advertising campaign. It was the right. ads were, I'll get back to you shortly. I'm just trying to work out which brewery it was sponsored by. Well, the Fatty and Cricket crossover I was thinking of, and I think we've played it already once this year, was the, the marvellous catch. Classic catch. Marvellous catch. When was Moving that, though, backwards, so, yeah. dreadful technique and just sticks the hand well, up I reckon and it was around about the same beauty. It was around about the same time mm. as Fatty's, oh, in catch. Mm. Or maybe in, it was before that. He was, oh, Sydney, was in Sydney or might have been all over the country. Mm. Fatty's Big Barbecue. I'll, I'll Google. Mm. We'll get on that too. I want to talk more about that too. We'll get Fatty's Big Barbecue and I'll get back to you shortly. We'll get back to you shortly. This is Higher Ground. Yes, it is, and uh, to all the listeners that have, have sent a text through, thanks for doing that tonight, um, 0457 736 736. That is the number if you want to um, join the conversation. Round the grounds we go. Western United playing Perth Glory, uh, second round of the uh, the A-League, or the A-League men, we should call it, being played at Amy Park. Pitch looks good, um, but uh, I think it's a pretty average game. Nil all the score. Look, I haven't been watching it, so I, I shouldn't really comment on something. I haven't really been watching it at the corner of my eye, but you've seen a bit of well, social my, media interaction. My, my trusted sources tell me uh, don't bother turning it on if you haven't already. Oh, it's a stinker. Yeah. Pooey, one of those. Mm. Ugh. You know, yeah. games like that can only get better, though. Mm. <laughs> That's the voice of the mad Russian who's going away next weekend. Uh, I'll next week. To, I'll be sad to leave you, Chris. I had a thought while I was out there in that break, because I am an ideas man. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, what about we do from Russia with love? <laughs> a report while you're away <laughs> on higher ground on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll give you a set time so you can't be too oh. well oiled from Russia with that love. Just give us an update. Goodness me. What do you think? I don't well, think it will last long, but we can do it. I'm more than I'm, call I'm the, happy to do it. We could call the publican mm. and get a from get, him. Get a report on him. Yes. <laughs> From Barry. <laughs> Go around the grounds. From Barry with love. Or the might Barry be from Brewery. Barry. From Barry with love. <laughs> Depending on how you're going down there. Because you might be oh, lonely. That is. Uh, from Barry with love. 
That is a, a recipe for disaster. You're starting, and to one You're starting to blush there. One I'm willing to explore. Uh, we'll I'll get my people to talk to your people. Yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, next week, higher ground. It's the last. Well, Friday I'll be home. So I'll, oh, I home? will be able to, I'll be very sober and able well, Are to, you going to come into work? No, I'm not going to. Oh, okay. But I'll be listening. Well, how's that work? I might, I might even call you. But hang on. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. If you can get through with the way these phones are. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, that's, that's Irish. <laughs> He's smart ass, isn't he, Irish? <laughs> hey? New to the show, you'd think he'd just, you know, oh, bide his brilliant. time a bit, but uh, no, he's, he's taking it by the reins, going with the flow. I hope you enjoyed the show. We put a bit of a smile on your dial. A very wet and yucky night in, uh, in Sydney. Um, we were talking before because there's a test match being played between New Zealand and India in India at a place called Green Park, of all parks, at Kanpur, I think it's called. And India, what they they got three for uh, three hundred and forty-five. They set New Zealand to chase down first innings, and there was a Centurion making debut. Surname again, Ayer, was it? Ayer, yes. So prompted the question: How many Test cricketers have made a century on Test debut? And uh, Russian came up with, uh, Irish came up with twenty. No, uh, one hundred twelve. One hundred twelve. Thank you. Twenty Australians. Twenty Aussies have made. Test century on debut. And can I correct myself on Phil Hughes? He didn't score a test century in his first match. He no. made two test centuries in his second match. He was the oh, youngest Australian. Wow. That's what I got mixed up with. He was the youngest Australian to score centuries in both innings of a test match. Wow. Against South Africa God rest in his Durban. Soul. God yes. rest your soul, Philly. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, um, we're going to look back in the next hour or so. We're going to rewind and have a look at some of the stories from today. Uh, Phil Kearns, former Wallabies captain. We're going to be hearing from him. Um, and his daughter too. I think it's Matilda. She played – she went to the Olympics, didn't she? She was in the water – our girls' water polo. Daryl Halligan's daughter was also in it. And there was another – Blocker's son. Now, he's on the men's side. but he's, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Aiden, he's been doing it for a few mm. years. But there were three um, – Girls in our team or squad, one was Phil Kern's daughter, one was Daryl Halligan's daughter, and there was another um, well, former national representative. His daughter was not, and, and the, the name escapes it. We'll hear from uh, Phil a little bit later on when we do our, our rewind um, segment, and we'll do a whole lot more as well. Stay with us. We're here for another hour or so. This is Chris Warren in the chair on Higher Ground.